says he's a builder, but did he fix it? No, he learned it all on YouTube and he's made it worse. Driveways and plastering, repointing to his labourers of 15, Dave and Stu. Dave's blind in one eye and Stu's got gout. I've just got my child to sleep, please don't shout. More cowboy than builder, but did he fix it? On my course in plastering, he's made it worse. Hi there, my name's James, and thank you so much for checking out my podcast, Dad Mind Matters, helping men to safely navigate family life without losing their minds. In this podcast, I'm going to give you my 10 bits of advice in regards to choosing a builder. For the past nine months, we've had a lot of work done on our home. It's been quite an extensive build. We've been having a team of builders who have been in our house pretty much every day since March. I'm a married father of three. All of our children are under the age of 10, so it can be quite a busy and noisy household. Our building work is very close to being finished and I have to say it's gone really, really well. The first piece of advice I would give you is get lots of quotes. And by that I mean eight to 10 quotes. If you're spending any money, regardless of the size, it's really important that you put the work in, the preparation work to make sure that you're gonna get a really good builder, you're not gonna get ripped off, and you're gonna be happy with the results. So tip number one of making sure you get a really good builder, get lots of quotes. I think we've got eight to 10 quotes, and those quotes came in the form of, I, I rung people up or I emailed companies and they sent through a sort of prospectus or a document. When you get so many quotes, so eight to 10, I think you need to start ruling them out so that you, can, you can sort of narrow it down to sort of the best two or three. Any builder who couldn't come round and see us or any builder who whose quote was basically just emailed over kind of ruled themselves out. We were quite lucky with choosing our builder because actually the builder that we end up going with lived in a house that my wife has been driving past on her way to work probably for the last few years. And she's mentioned this amazing house a number of times. It's a house very close to where our kids go to school. I drove past it and I did agree that it was a beautiful looking house. And then on one occasion, I think obviously his vehicle was parked out with some branding on it. And she sent me the number and I rang him up and he came round. And that for me was a really good start. He came round to see me. We had a conversation face to face. He was very friendly, wasn't pushy in any way. We had a cup of tea and we walked around the house and like discussed the plans. He didn't ask about budget initially, which actually was another tick in the box. And he seemed quite excited about it. He was very interested in our ideas for where for children's rooms and just had a nice conversation. And obviously I'm not completely naive. He was probably sizing me up to an extent to see whether or not he could, it's as much about whether he thinks he can work with me if I can work with him. And I think like in all relationships, whether they're professional or personal, it's important to be completely transparent and I made it really clear to him that at the moment we were very much just in the getting quotes stage. I was going to get eight to 10 quotes. I really appreciate him coming around. And if he could email me a formal quote of the costs and maybe the timeline, then that would be really appreciated. What you'll find actually is from the eight or 10 quotes you get, some will end up ruling themselves out. They either won't get back to you or if they do, it'll be late or they may arrange to meet you and then not turn up or they may arrange to meet you and then delay. And all of those things are things worth knowing noting they're a bit of an indication that well if you can't even turn up potentially interview to get the job then it's not a great start is it that would be a major red flag to me the builder we ended up going with either did things on the day he said he was going to do them or before 
The next few days after we had a, our first chat, he dropped around a few tile samples and he, he dropped around a few things for us to look at in a very unpushy way. But I suppose to an extent what he was doing was kind of winning our trust before he'd even got the job. I suppose he was saying, look, I'm going to show you, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. And that's a really good sign. Tip number two of getting a good builder. Judge them not on the testimonials they see on Checker Trade, which may not be legitimate. Judge them on their work. Now, as I mentioned before, the fact that his house was beautiful and that he'd done most of the work on his house that was a really good tick in the box but if you've got to a stage where you found a builder and it looks good and their quote is within your budget ask if they may be happy for you to contact one of their previous customers and if that previous customer might be prepared to show you some of their work if they say no well i'd be worried why if they're a good builder, then they will no doubt have lots of customers who are very happy with their work and be happy for you to drop in and have a chat. I went round and spoke to one of my builder's previous customers, had a half an hour conversation with them. They showed me lots of work he'd done. And more importantly, they spoke to me about who he was as a person. And he seemed like a really easygoing, flexible, friendly person to work with. And all these things are really important if this person and his crew can be in your house and around your children. It's important that you feel comfortable with them being there tip number three once you've hired a builder then it's important for you to sit around and have a number of conversations where you sort of map out the timeline for how long you think the work will take it's really important to mention the elephant in the room of the budget you're not going to do yourself or your builder or your working relationship any good if you've got champagne ideas with beer money a good builder will be able to be versatile with the budget the sooner you can tell him what you've got and don't round it up to the nearest 10k, be really specific about the amount of money you have, the sooner he can tell you whether or not your plans are legitimate and realistic and the sooner you can get going. What you don't want to do is get yourself into a position where you're completely bankrupt or maybe having things in your house that you don't really need. Tip number four, don't overstretch yourself financially. It's important if you have a budget to maybe even a bit conservative with your budget, maybe knock off five or 10 grand or 5% of the entire budget because there may be problems at the end that you can't foresee. There may be walls that are a bigger problem. There may be, be structural work that's a bigger problem. What you don't want to do is get carried away during the build and suddenly thinking, oh, we'll get we'll get some credit to get that extra ensuite or that walk-in wardrobe. I imagine you're doing this building work to make your life easier, to make your family living arrangement better, more comfortable. What you don't want to do is suddenly make your life really stressful because yes, you've got this amazing all singing, all dance house but you're absolutely mortgaged to the hill and you've got loads of extra debt that's just going to create loads more stress so before you get carried away ask yourself do you really need that underground ice rink those matching diamante towel rails that infrared voice recognition toilet flush that shiatsu massage chill out slash gaming area tip number five don't pay all up front that's really really dangerous but it's also important that you agree a payment plan with your builder so that he's not waiting for money and that's stalling the progress of the build. I imagine it's normal for a builder to need some sort of money up front in order to buy the materials. I found that sitting down with my builder once a week, having a cup of tea and actually asking him when he next needed some money was a really good system. We'd also kind of agreed a contract. We'd actually got some words down on paper so that I knew that for X amount of money, this was the sort of build I was going to finish with. It's really important that you detail that out so that at the end of the build, there's no miscommunication of you thinking certain things were going to get done 
done and then not. The more time you can spend by actually going through with a bit of a fine tooth comb and detailing exactly what you're going to get for your money and when, the easier it will be at the end of the build. Tip number six. Make sure that you agree a payment plan with your builder, as I said, so you're not halting the build and he's got enough to pay his team to get all the materials they need, but also so you fill in a bit more of a control of it. I certainly wouldn't hand over all the money. I, I certainly wouldn't hand over probably more than, I don't know, a third of the entire cost of the build. I'd be really wary of any builder who asked you to do that. That may also be a really useful thing to do. And obviously, because you're discussing money, do it in a respectful way. But when you look, around a previous customer's job maybe ask if the money was a problem or how what sort of payment system did they do and what worked tip number seven obviously you've got to keep it professional because it's a working relationship but if you can get into a situation every week you sit down for 10 minutes you have a cup of coffee and an informal chat how are we doing are there any unforeseen problems are there any problems with material costs going up is there anything that you think i need to be prepared for if you can have friendly frequent and frank conversation with your builder at least weekly to find out how the build's going on that's really useful tip number eight if you can afford to do so and there's work your builder can do for example our builder is a carpenter by trade and instead of us going and getting shelving or sort of cheap flat pack furniture he's offered to build shelving in our children's rooms which is going to look much nicer if you can afford to do it while they're there i would do it while they're there that's going to be a lot less stress and hassle than once you've finished and your children have moved into rooms beds and sofas and toys are all out and everything has its space to then ask them to come back and put in shelving and paint shelving if you can afford to do it do what you can afford to do while they're there tip number nine always try and reward good work and a good working relationship with kindness for example if you're really happy about the work they're doing tell them that you're happy for them to put a sign up on the scaffolding outside this is the best possible advert for anyone else who may be passing certainly anyone on the road who may be sort of following the progress of the house maybe thinking of work for their own house if they see the builder's contact details and maybe even inquire inside then you might be able to really help your builder out this is a win-win for everyone because obviously it's in your builder's best interest interest to do a fantastic job on your house in order to try and get future work it also shows that you respect your builder and you're trying to support him and tip number 10 don't get grabby at the end of the build as long as you're really honest and frequent about the communication and don't let things build up so you don't once a month present him with a, a list of 30 things you want changed or amended as long as you do it maybe every time you see him and you are you say oh there's one or two things then there shouldn't be a problem but i think it's quite normal that at the end of a build for there to be sort of a snag list maybe 10 or 15 little things that you'd quite like touched up or changed before you can sign the job off i think that's okay but also i think it's important not to be cynical if someone's been working in your house and has done a really good job for you for for any length of time but in our case nine months treat them with respect don't suddenly think what what else can i get them to do while they're here what what can i what can i try and get them to do that i may not have paid for that's not going to leave a very good feeling between you and the builder and you never know why you might need him to come back and do work it comes down to basic respect if you treat people well they're much more likely to treat you well and want to do a good job for you in the same way you've got a mortgage to pay he's got a mortgage to pay good manners goes a long way and basic hospitality to anyone in your house irrespective of they're working or not is a good idea offering your builder and his team a cup of tin of biscuit a couple of times a day every day if needs be is not going to be a major cost but it might be the difference between them doing a really good job for you and you being really happy with the result at the end so just to clarify the tips mentioned in this podcast about getting a really good builder number one 
get loads of quotes. I would suggest trying to get between eight and 10 quotes. And the more of those quotes you can actually meet face to face for a chat, the better. Tip number two, judge someone on their work, not on their testimonials. Testimonials can be fabricated or made up. You are well within your rights to request to be put in touch with an ex-customer who may be prepared to show you some of their work. Tip number three, once you've hired a builder, then it's important for you to sit around and have a number of conversations where you sort of map out the timeline for how long you think the work will take it's really important to mention the elephant in the room of the budget you're not going to do yourself or your builder or your working relationship any good if you've got champagne ideas with beer money tip number four don't extend yourself financially you're having building work done to make your life easier not put more stress on yourself financially and don't be too snobby if money's a bit tight are there things that you can do yourself that might bring the money down is there some painting work you can do yourself could you do some prep work to a room before a builder needs to go in there? Have the conversations with your builder and just be really honest about what you have financially. Tip number five, and this one is really, really important. Don't pay all the money up front. I think it's reasonable for a builder to ask for a deposit or for some money to buy materials, but they certainly shouldn't be asking for the whole lot. And if they do, that would be a massive red flag to me. Tip number six, agree a payment plan that works for both you and the builder. You don't want to be holding up the progress of the build because he's waiting for money that you said you'd give him. But also you want to feel in control. And if you give him all the money, then there's no incentive for him to get on with the job. Tip number seven, have really good communications with your builder. For us, that's been a cup of tea, usually daily before I go to work, just to check in so I know what's going on, if there are any problems, if there are any things I need to know about, so there aren't any nasty scares along the way. The three Fs of having frequent, friendly, and frank conversations with your builder about the progress. This doesn't have to be a formal sit down. This can be a five or 10 minute cup of tea whenever you see him, maybe before you go to work or whenever he's got some time just to check in on the project. How's it going? Does he need some more funds? Are there any problems? Is there anything that he can see being a problem? Just so you know what's going on. Tip number eight, if you can afford to, it makes sense to get a builder to do all the possible work in your house while he's there. For example, our builder is a carpenter by trade and instead of us asking him back to put shelving in in certain bedrooms, he got, we got him to do it there and then. Tip number nine, make sure you repay their hard work and commitment with kindness. If you have scaffolding up around your house for months and you're really happy with the job that they're doing, offer to let him put a sign up advertising his business on the scaffolding. It's free advertising. This is a win-win situation because he may get future business from this directly from your support. And also, there's a big incentive for him to do a really good job on your build. And the final tip, tip number 10, don't get grabby towards the end of the build. Don't look and see what else you can get them to do for free or for while you're here, could you just do this? It's not gonna leave a good feeling between you and the builder. And you never know when you might need him to come back and help you with something or fix something or what future projects you might want him to do. We live in Salt Dean on the south coast of the UK. If you are looking for a builder, I'd be more than happy to refer you to ours. I'm trying to create a community to support men, particularly dads and particularly dads who struggle their mental health. If you'd like to help me to do that, please follow this podcast. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I hope wherever you are in the world, you're okay. Take care. He turned up at midday smelling of booze He put down a dust sheet and had a snooze Him, Dave and Stu have so much fun Making inappropriate comments about the customer's wife's bum That taps on backwards, is that a mistake? Where does all the rubble go? It ends up in a lake 
Says he's a builder, he's got his own tool belt. Does that make you a builder? Not really, no. You spend your day off taking rubbish to the tip. Your wife comes home and says you missed a bit. But don't worry, cause you're the daddy. Dad Mind Matters, helping men safely navigate family life without losing their minds. Two podcasts every week on a Monday and a Thursday.